and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 353, and we have a bunch of books. Me and my man Jason are going to be talking a couple, and then we're both going to be joined by Clay to go through a couple more. But before we go into that, which it's a pretty long podcast, we're getting up in the you know upper echelons again of time frames of that. Not quite the DC one. That if you were familiar with it back in the day, we actually and legit had a 13-hour-a-week podcast. We're not going to get that crazy here. Not that crazy at all. I mean, I, I don't think my poor heart could take it anymore. But before we get into all of this, please let me remind you to go over to Twitter at WSMarvelComics. Wherever you follow us, we'll follow you back. And then you can say, what you talking about, 13-hour podcast? Oh, my goodness gracious. And... Then you can go to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a bunch, a plethora, a ton of shows. A lot of them are Marvel based. So if you're listening to this, I think you might be a little bit into the Marvel comics. One of the big things that we do each and every week is our Marvel comics, Patreon exclusive spotlight Two books picked by the bad asses of the get fresh crow. Bing bong. And this week they ended up picking Moon Knight number five and Kazar Lord of the Savage Land number three. So we end up having those two books there on the Patreon. Me and Jason talked about both of those. But with all of that said and done, we have to give a little shout out as we do. Let's shout out. Let's do a roll call for those bad asses of that Get Fresh Bing crew bong. who got to pick those two books. Boom. This is called the Badass Spotlight here. I'm going to turn down my mic so I don't yell over it. We got Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Yes, I do. Michael S. Fars, Polly Cam, Joseph Lodge, Sick Matt Eraser, Demon 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Ballone, Niels Atiwart, David Fink, Joey Bracasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby. That's Jason coming up in a little bit. That's Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Araki, check out the Comic Boom YouTube channel, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stosian, Nick Adams, Ruben. In a couple minutes, I'm going to be actually recording a podcast with Ruben. We end up doing a Full Metal Alchemist reading club, and I'm wasting time here. Carlos, Lone Wolf, Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Bell, Fast, shout out, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh, Vermillion, Dalton, Edom, my man Pete, from NYC, Marvel Mark, we got my man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, there's Brandon, he's still busy, he's still busy about those bills and his son and all that stuff, and I don't mean that he's paying the bills, I mean the Buffalo Bills, but also paying the bills, double A, Ron, and shout out to the OG Ultimate Badass, that is Reginald Drink water, my man Reggie R.I.P. And with all of that said and done, let's go off to the books. It's going to be me and my man Jason. We're going to start things off with Dark Ages number 
three. All right, and I'm here with my man Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. Hello. How are we today? Oh, lovely. I am raring to go here with a big book. Dark Ages. So we're going to start. We are with, ready right? for our apocalypse section of books. That there, we, we are. I mean, somehow holy apocalypse. Moly. He's he's disappeared from the X Men books, but he is all over the everything. Everything else is coming up. Apocalypse. It is. Uh, but yeah, him being the big bad of the Dark Ages, and then involved in what is the second book. Me and you are going to talk about, which is the Kang book. One I like a little bit more, though. I'll I'll tell you. This mm-hmm. Dark Ages book, it it ends up feeling like it should be. I, I wish that it was actually a little longer, and you can end up. I, I'm actually interested in the world itself. Um, that okay. you get little snippets of it, you get enough. A lot of people don't like it. I ended up seeing like that's not what they want. This post-apocalyptic deal of them kind of putting this world back together. I kind of do like that. Um, but you get no, a I, little. I have a name for what the extended series in this world should be called. What is right? that? It should be called Avengers Tech Off. That would be great. Oh my like goodness! Like a companion gracious. volume. To what we you talked don't about last need week. a Tech On companion volume, no. but that would be great. And actually, this is a little better. Uh, it is Dark Ages number three. I'll just keep reminding it. This is a six-issue mini. Uh, that seems like number one odd at, at Marvel, but also I thought it was going to be longer. And, you know, Tom Taylor is doing that whole deal, the Dark Knights of Steel. He's, Man he's of a busy Steel guy these right days. Now. Yeah, he is doing a lot. Uh, and I thought that maybe we'd get this. Now, remember, this was like announced and then the whole shutdown, the whole pandemic stuff ended up. But when it was first announced, I do occasionally I do talk to Tom Taylor. What mm. I usually do is, is not say, to toot your own horn. N- no, not to toot my own horn at Bing all. Bong. But with that, I end up where I always feel like I, I don't know that I get a grip on if he likes me or not, or if he even knows me, but mm. I can message him and he'll answer, you know, what oh, I ask nice. usually. And so with that, I always think though that I have to amuse him. In my messages, <laughs> like I have to give them a reason, and, right. and unfortunately, like a little, little trade. But unfortunately, well, amusement for some information. All I all I have is is Australian humor. Oh my So goodness. I end up like I don't know oh, if no. I'm offending him or not. <laughs> I mean, the one thing: have you ever heard of the singer Kevin Bloody Wilson? Have Doesn't you ever heard of him? No, I've heard of Brian he, Wilson. Okay, Brian, this Kevin Bloody Wilson, a little less on the totem pole than Brian Wilson. Lower, I mean, okay. a genius. Yeah, he's lower. Uh, he does things, and we can't curse on this podcast. One of his famous songs is "Do You F on First Dates." That gives he's the <laughs> Benny Hill of uh, the music set. Is really what he not is. Like watching Matilda. Little, yeah. Little so I end up where uh, the one time I message him. And I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on with the Stark Ages? This does have a point by the end. But what's going on with the Stark Ages, you know, with the pandemic and all? And now when is it coming back? And then I'm thinking, I'm like, and uh, is it going to go away, like canceled, like Kevin Bloody Wilson should be? And the funny thing is, it seemed he liked that. It seemed because okay, he's like, oh, go. my God, nobody has messaged me about Kevin Bloody Wilson before. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I did it. But at, at that point, he ended up then talking to me a bit about the this dark ages book and, and also at that point and this is through the dc you know twitter that's the one that has the that's the heavy oh. hitter one right so i end up like he really seemed to be stressing 
even against some of the things like the dark detective that mm-hmm. the detective it ends up like this was the thing that he was really excited about now maybe it would have been because that's what I asked about, but even so, he okay. seemed because I think I might have even asked a couple of other questions of things. And this but, is very much in his wheelhouse. Yeah, and this you know, the really, dark really, future where yep. he he's free to do whatever he wants to do without repercussions. Yeah. So this was really like he's like, oh, I can't wait. You're gonna love it. This is the great, like really pushing it at a point where it wasn't even coming out at that point. So it wasn't quite the PR move. You know what I mean? Like if it was coming out that next month or that month, maybe he'd say that so that I would end up going off and, oh my God, can't wait for this. Like it would it seemed like that. I even said to Eric, like, boy, this is like the big thing for him. This is really a huge thing for him. And when we get to this now, I do like it still, but it's it's a little more laid back actually than i think and it's funny because i just said that i want more of the world which is a laid back part of it but i don't know it's for me personally it's not hitting as much as some of his other things it 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 seems formulaic yeah we've seen it before yeah especially in this issue when you get quicksilver and like even if you haven't seen the scene before you've seen the scene before it has a Mm -hmm. lot of that it has a lot of that kind of deal in it it kind of threw me off a bit this issue but it's written by Tom Taylor. It's art by Ivan Coelho. Colors by Brian Reber and letters by BC's Joe Sabino. Here is a long intro that I'm sure to fumble through. A being of immense power called the Unmaker was sealed away inside the Earth. Billions of years later, the Unmaker awakened and began to destroy the planet from within. Earth's heroes sent a small strike force to combat the threat. When Doctor Strange released an EMP wave to halt the Unmaker, all electricity on the planet was wiped out. Now, seven years later, the survivors have formed new societies without the use of electricity. Many of Earth's heroes banded together and live in a series of protected outposts connected by resident telepaths, but hostile forces prevailed elsewhere, and the mutant apocalypse now rules Europe. When Tony Stark was abducted and now I can brought to a cop, apocalypse is strong, oh my God. Apocalypse revealed that he had managed to fuel a limited supply of electricity using the captive Magneto. The Purple Man then used his mind control powers to force Tony into Apocalypse service alongside other captive heroes, all to further Apocalypse's ultimate goal to reawaken the Unmaker once more. And again, I I like some of the individual scenes. I like some of the individual character moments, mm-hmm. things like that. But this whole idea of Apocalypse making electricity, bring back Unmaker, we're really not getting any further with that with only three more issues. We can see that way. Tom Taylor feels free to just grab whatever character he wants. He needs yeah. he needs some mind control, bring the Purple Man in. Yeah, the he Purple needs, Man. Boom. He needs electricity, Magneto. He can grab all these huge characters and any other you know series in continuity. Yeah. You could get one of those and it would be huge. Yeah. But yeah. We, in this, we can get all of them. Yeah, you can get all of them. He's going to play around with that, but the idea, it's, it's weird. Again, maybe it's because it's Tom Taylor and we've had a lot of these even going right now, multiple ones of this, you know, future out of time, you know, Elseworlds type deal mm-hmm. that I don't know. This one just doesn't get me. With, and maybe the character works less than those. Maybe things are pushed around. Maybe there's too many characters. I don't know. But I'm not invested as much in this. Like in this deal, you're setting up at the beginning of Johnny Storm being this great guy, whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do more than anything that I bring to the table with Johnny anyway. Like it's not like all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, this Johnny's the greatest. Or, ooh, this Johnny. He's he's like it's, it's Johnny Storm. I know that guy exactly, and he's I boiling like water right. for the kids. They're having a tea party. You get to see 
you know, Danny, which is cool, Danny Cage. You get to see May part. Like, that's right. fun. You get to see the kids growing up a little more than we get to see them in the, the continuity. Yeah, but it, it almost makes me feel like I want more of that. And May already, I like, I need more of young May and maybe May and Danny. And I, I get this weird deal, too, that whatever happens by the end, I don't know. It seems like this is setting up that later we could have a, okay, let's do a time jump and have a Danny and May. Yeah, the the sort kids of give us a nice sense of the passage of time, too, because in the first issue, yeah. we saw like May as you know barely a toddler. Just little. Yeah. And now we see that she's a more grown-up kid. So we, yeah. can, we really feel like this is this world progressed several years Yep. From the big event that kicked it off. And I do like let Luke, you know, having this, his daughter, they're all there. It, they're trying to give them a childhood. You know, we're here in this deal. And yeah, there's no electricity. Maybe that's, maybe that's what's getting me too. Most of these things are like vampires, right? Or, you know, a, a virus, zombies. Oh, mm-hmm. this is no electricity. <laughs> it just doesn't hit as much for me. I don't know why. We I, don't see a whole lot of specifically how that has changed things. Yeah. I mean, we see that they're they're kind of camping out, it seems. Yeah. And, feel and to it, but. Johnny has to, they have a pot of boiling water and he has to use, you know, flame on to end up boiling the water because, but again, you can make a fire. I mean, that's not something right. I'm like, oh my God, he's now the <laughs> electric kettle. Yeah. Make tea. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe that's the point in my mind that's getting me there. There's this like, yeah, okay, no electricity. You're going back in time a little to try to, you know, get a little Swiss family Robinson going, but that's not as pressing a deal and that's why he has to have this you know big deal apocalypse trying to bring back stuff stealing characters mind wiping them it just doesn't hit as much but yeah johnny's like man i burnt galactus the one time who's galactus what you don't know who galactus is and it's like they don't want them to have any mm-hmm. sort of you know <laughs> and bad it's a tom taylor book and we get a touching character moment from one particular character at the beginning so i'm sure Nothing bad will yeah, happen to that and character. That, exactly. Yeah, and that, that's happen. like you said, that's the formula. Right. And, and so when you go in and you see Johnny, like I said, you're pushing this moment, but it's nothing that I think is different from John. Like Johnny is Johnny. This is kind of what he does. You're seeing what he's helping the kids and stuff like that. But still, it's just, yeah, you have a target on your back when, when you end up having that character moment, especially with kids who seem to really like you and yeah. stuff. You're in big trouble is what you're, you're having. Um, but that's where we then get this deal that pushes it forward. Tony is missing. Tony, right. they Jessica realize lets the party know that, that Tony has gone missing. So they send the, uh, the investigative team to his, to his cave yep. to try to figure out what's up. Which we saw the investigative team before. And again, there's Gabby, Gabby and Laura, two of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in all the comics, but I'm not getting a- enough of it. I'm not getting no, like you can, these you can character see Gabby's moments. like a more of a teenager now, but we we don't really get much out of her. Gabby in this issue, no. Just MIA. She has a couple lines, but nothing that I'm really going. Right. Laura ends up being able to get the scent to this. Right, yeah, the, the Wolverines can can smell that it wasn't actually Captain America. Yeah. And can send uh, Laura smells that was Mystique, so yep. they already know that you know. They, I guess they know Mystique's working with Apocalypse. Yeah, and they they track the scent back. They see where the vampires were dusted by Tony's light grenade. Yep, and then Laura can actually smell. Oh, I know who took Tony. Yeah, and it was Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Know. Yeah, and so they end up reporting this, you know, to black panther this whole deal with the wakanda deal and this little outpost and stuff like that trying to so figure this out outpost what they can do is, are they 
physically in Wakanda? I can't, I don't or know. Black I Panther can't remember. I think Wakanda? that I think that this ends up maybe being in Wakanda. And I, I actually forgot the setup myself, just the idea that you're there. But that kind of leads to me to New York City kind of yeah, characters. Yeah, with, maybe he's just there. You know, because, yeah, they are pretty much New York City characters through and through with, you know, you end up having Luke and Jessica and Spider-Man. But and you wouldn't all think them. that if the, you know, the stuff hits the fan that that Black Panther is going to leave Wakanda, you'd think that he would go yeah. back to home base. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Moon Girl's there. She's They have all these people going and this kind of, you know, this whole deal kind of annoyed me, though, where they end up saying, OK, we have this deal going on. If Apocalypse has taken Tony Stark, he's a ticking time bomb. He'll be able to do the weapons things. And you're going yeah, back this is, up. This is all Doom saying yeah, all Yeah, and Doom saying all this. And Doom ends up, you know, I don't really like Tony, but I know what he can do. We got to watch out. And then just says it's a ticking time bomb. And I'm like, Doom, just shut your mouth. I got so annoyed where they're oh, trying the to figure out a plan. Oh, TikTok. They're trying to figure you, you out what point, to do, yeah. Doom. Yeah. That was annoying. And it goes on to TikTok every time every somebody panel. says something. And they're like, we get it. They have to like, and that's tell them not this me. stuff. I mean, Doom is a jerk, but he's not the yeah. annoying background tick, 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 tick. He's not yeah. that kind of a jerk. No. I don't think that worked with his character. In my mind, they're going like, oh, well, what can we do? You know, Pepper's there. Yeah, he would, there. He would so, say it once and leave a portentous silence. Exactly. What Doom or would do. he'd end up listening to them for a second and say, okay, you shut This shut is like up. a teenager. I got yeah. the plan Doom is, now. Doom is not a teenager. No. And while that's going on. You even have like almost like Board King Black Panther on on his throne there, and like all right, like what's going on? What are we doing here? And they decide on a plan that they're gonna have Quicksilver pretty much run to where Apocalypse's you know base mm-hmm. is, run across the ocean, and he's gonna do pretty much just you know reconnaissance. He's gonna go and check out what's going on. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Get out of there before. Now, it is kind of neat don't. where they have Apocalypse set up his base because he's at the Louvre in Paris. Yep, yeah, yeah. And Apocalypse, you know, and Sabinor, all the ancient Egypt things, he likes pyramids. Mm-hmm. And there at the Louvre, you've got this big glass pyramid. Yep. So it kind of fits the theme. So I thought that was a cool Yeah, it was kind of cool. Like it is cool. And and it's funny where I guess he could set up anywhere. And he's like, eh, there's pyramids there. That's pretty he cool. He runs Plus, all of Europe. He picks he's all a the fancy yeah. dude, too. So he's probably like looking at some paintings and stuff. But yeah, you end up where Quicksilver goes to do reconnaissance. But he's supposed to be in and out. They say, get in and out before anybody knows. You come back. Then we can make the plan. This isn't right. the real Only plan, plan. Yeah, this is. Let's get the lay of the land. Let's see exactly what's going on. Problem is, there's big trouble because he ends up seeing, and, you know, I know that the continuity jumps back and forth, whatnot, with the idea of Quicksilver Mm -hmm. and Magneto, but this is full-out father. What the hell's going on? Where he realizes that they're using Magneto to fuel this Faraday cage deal to get electricity, and he stops. And that's something he shouldn't have done. I mean, that's Well, he that's stops. He looks like he's going to get caught by Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't get caught by Reed Richards. He kind of runs into a giant bug zapper. Yeah, yeah. He goes to seemingly like he's going to try to grab Magneto. Because right. Magneto is kind of in that. It doesn't play out. It almost looks from below that he's there and it's above. But he's in that. So he goes, inside the sphere. he goes to grab it, crack it, whatever he thinks he's going to do. Maybe he thinks he's just going to grab Magneto and they're going to run back. Like, I'm going to save him, get the hell out of it. It doesn't work. He gets zapped, like you said, and he falls down. And they're like, all right. And Doc Ock is like, all right, let's go. Let's lock this jerk up. Let's do whatever. And Evans is like, no. 
No, we, we're not going to do that. Apocalypse I do like steampunk Doc Ock. You can see in that panel. I do with too. I, I like yeah. him. He, he and giggling. He's he's wacky. But yeah, he's like, no, no, no. We're going to let him go back. But you see the purple man. So right. you know they're, that they're, they're going to reprogram him. And here's the deal. Now that I look at the, you know, when when you end up having Pietro go back, maybe mm-hmm. this is in. It looks like Wakanda, or at least an embassy. Right. This building, because, this building is clearly a Black Panther. Wakanda yeah, and, kind of building. and just the idea of this elevated, but if it, you know, if walk we're in Wakanda, we haven't seen other Wakandans. We I haven't know. seen the bigger picture of the settlement. Yeah, that that's oh, sure. it is an odd deal, but it does seem like that's where they are. Uh, and again, I don't know the fauna and the flora of Wakanda either for me to say, oh, no, no, this would be this. But even in the background, Always you have generic trees. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the skyscraper type deal, they do look a little futuristic in the little bit of the way they're, but I can't tell. But you end up, we'll assume that they're in Wakanda now. I, I guess that's sure. why they're able to, the, you know, it doesn't hide away. Thing, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. So Pietro comes back and, and he's like, okay, what did you find out? And yeah, we know that something's up with him, and now we know that he is being controlled. I see a this, little bit of the, the purple man stuff in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. And I think this was played out pretty well by the end. Yeah, this but works. it's something that again, yeah, it's the evil Quicksilver doing his thing. But we've seen this in the movies and the comics. But I like that idea that Jean Grey jumps to right away to mind control and knock Pietro out. It takes her a second. Within right. that, he has caused. Destruction. Okoye is just snapped neck, maybe yeah, ripped a, off. That was a gross panel. Horrific. I mean, and he's running around, boom, 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 like a okay. pinball. Breaks deal. her neck, steals her spear. Yeah. Dodges all the uh, Spider-Man webs. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny starts to flame on to try to stop him, and then he gets the spear right through his back and out yeah. his chest. Right through him and out the chest, and that's when you end up Jean Grey able to stop it. Now with that. I guess this wouldn't have been like a set plan. Okay, when you go back, you get a coin. Like, there are other characters that probably would have been better served to, like, take down right away. So he's right, just now, running if, around. If Apocalypse had given a full plan, yeah, you could, you know, Quicksilver going in when they don't know he's been mind-controlled, he could just kill everybody. Yeah, just, just kill take. everybody. And it, it's just weird because when he does snap, and you said it, when he snaps a coin's neck and then grabs his spear, it almost feels like, Okay, I'm going to do this, 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 this down the line. But it is a Koye. I know people like a Koye, but in this room, there's a lot bigger things right. going like, on like now. The the world's most powerful psychic exactly like, might be a prime uh, target. Yeah, and if, if we're playing D and D, if the you one are I'm playing that, yeah, but even that first, we knew Johnny was in trouble at the beginning because you had that heartfelt moment with him mm-hmm, and the kids, mm-hmm. and now he gets speared, and you're like, okay, what what does that mean? What's going on? He's going to explode. He, and so you end up having Sue go and kind of get to say goodbye, says, I'm not leaving you. Luckily for everybody else, she ends up, you know, putting a force right. field he's around. Got, it's everybody. almost like a nuclear reactor gone critical kind of a moment. So he's not dead instantaneously. No. He can tell he's kind of losing control. He's going to explode. It reminds so, me of things that we see with Captain Adam at DC yeah, or whatever. Sure. When when that gets pierced and you end up having, you know, Firestorm fly him into the into the atmosphere to blow up and not kill anybody but yeah you're ending up where sue can end up saving all of them they even say sue saved so many of us at that point uh but you get you that know, and you, you notice that she she has a little protection around just herself a little yep she has a bubble around the other heroes 
but not quite all of Quicksilver. No. His legs are sticking out. Yep. His past legs the bubble. are burned. They're gone. Yeah. They, I they mean, just that's, got the dust. That's tough, right? I mean, really, for Quicksilver especially. But I, I do I do like the idea that they realize. Now, they seem to have something going on. That looks like there's no legs left there in my mind. But they oh, yeah. do have some bandage stuff. It, it, did they end up just making bandages to make him happy? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't I know don't, that he has legs. I'm not legs. sure of Quicksilver healing powers. Yeah, the I don't healing know, it's like, kind deal? of like the Flash because I don't know. Holy moly. That was and, – and you even get the idea that at the last second he must have tried to run in or he was right there where that bubble came down. But well, he they just don't co- blame he collapsed when he got shut down yeah, by Jean Grey. So I yeah. think he just stopped in that spot. So what you're telling me is Sue definitely could have saved those legs <laughs> if she ended up just a little yeah, smidgen more. She, she knows it's not really his fault, but it's kind of his fault. Yeah. So I mean, really, save most of them. She's at bedside with them. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, is she waiting for him to wake up? So, eh, what's up everybody with them leave. legs, I'm buddy? Just, I'm just, everybody leave. I'm just going to fluff this pillow for her. Yeah, yeah, really. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up and she's like, the only running you're doing is running through my mind. Right now, pal, because you are done. And she, she's evil. Uh, but he she's says, sorry. They don't end up blaming him. They end up saying that we realize Purple Man, right. all this she stuff. He gives going them on. all the information because n- they haven't heard anything about Apocalypse. Yeah. Because he weird got thing back, is, but he didn't say anything. He does end his mission here. I mean, he, he takes a little detour, but he is able to give them what they want. <laughs> he just shouldn't have stopped. Mm-hmm. He could have come back. But yeah, this whole deal ends up, yeah, they have Tony. Yeah, uh, they have my they have Magneto. They're making electricity. This is a big thing. But the huge thing is. And he tells is, Sue that, yeah. that Reed is still alive. Everyone's thought that, that Reed and their son have been dead all these years. Yep. But so Sue just saw her brother explode, but she finds out that her husband and possibly Franklin yeah. are still alive. Yeah. So yeah. And, and it's I an think emotional that, day for Sue. Yeah, I think that she thinks, and they've been gone now, and it even says, you know, four years. This is crazy. So when you do see it, I'd love it if it was, you know, everybody's in the room. Sue's right there bedside. And he says, uh, you know, uh, what uh, Black Panther says, hey, did you see Stark? And he says, I did. They're working on something and not just Tony. Hank McCoy, Dr. Octavius, Riri Williams, Reed Richards, and then Sue yells, Dr. McCoy. Like, that'd be funny. Like, that's the big thing. Riri Williams. Riri, I, yeah, I mean, oh, my fan. God. Yeah. So she ends up. but And I like this narration, but this narration Really, really, and and again, it's been a little bit since, but it really plays off like deceased narration that we ended up having. And we know all this narration is coming from Spider-Man. Yes, from Spider-Man. We haven't Spider-Man. really mentioned it, but that is where all the red narration boxes are deceased had that, like, after the fact and that, you know, hey, we had some hope here and we didn't have hope there. And it, it really plays off like that where you end up having, you know, Spider-Man's watching and Sue just lost her brother and she is, you know, really, that's it. I have no more family. They're all gone. And then gets this glimmer of hope. Reed and possibly Franklin are alive. So this gets the idea. She's like, we are going now. We're going to go and let's stop this. We've got the, you know, the recon that we wanted. But now I know that Reed's alive. I got to mm-hmm. get there. And yeah, they'll have to go. And- living with the knowledge that Apocalypse is running Europe. Yeah. But they're like, okay, we'll leave that to you. Yeah. We'll take care of our own thing. But now they, they can't do that anymore. Yeah, and then we go back where – and you have that deal. Like I said, it really feels like that Tom Taylor narration. Our strike force would be ready to invade Europe the very next morning. Some of us would never return. Well, we know one person who may. 
uh, Spider-Man. But with that, yeah, there's going to be people dying left and right. This yeah, is we a got Tom the one-page little epilogue tag where we see Apocalypse there outside his glass pyramids, and I guess the reveal here is he has venom on his side. As yeah, well. the funny thing is, I believe, I believe that this is Miles. With the Venom symbiote, I believe, because of the costume and the way. And then it's weird because Apocalypse says, are the three of you ready? Yes, we are ready to Mm. hunt like that might be Miles, Venom symbiote, and Mm. something else. Scream symbiote, maybe. I I don't know how they'll play. Well, actually, if they're going to go full out, it's going to be Carnage. It will be the the Venom, Carnage, Miles, maybe. If you're going to pull all the big characters in, that'll be the one to pull. Yeah, that would, I'm sitting there saying scream, and then now I think that he has done some experimenting, done some mind whammies, and you're going to get that. We'll see. We'll see what it is, but it is a, a cool ending, I guess. Now, again, though, it's so funny that you ended up bringing up the Avengers tech on because it reminded me of every ending to that. This is better. I mean, that Jim sub book is garbage. We talked about that last week, but the ending of, Oh, I have you ready now. I'm right. Like, the the next right. weapon. Yeah. It just, it felt like that. And that's the problem I have with this issue overall. I, I like it. I think that if this came out without something like a deceased or, you know, any mm-hmm. of the other mm-hmm. things, it, it really is like a deceased play, but even injustice, whatever it would be. But if this was one of my first Tom Taylor deals and I'm like, okay, let's see what this is about. I think I'd be more into it, but it feels so familiar. At least this issue, it just feels too familiar in certain points. And it feels like the character moments aren't hitting with me. Sue, Watching Johnny blow up should be like, I should get real feels from that. I really don't because it ends up like, okay, that was set up earlier. Here we go. And it's also because we know a lot of people are going to die things. So I, I want to like this more than I actually am, though. I'm still, you know, it's still a quality book. It's still the art looks great. I think the colors are really cool throughout. Yeah, just this, I want a little this more. Artist, I, I like the details. The The faces are a little like, caricatures or yeah. like a mad magazine look to them where it's a kind of extreme yeah yeah i'll, I'll give you that i'll get that i tell you if all the things when you read a book and there's characters and you're like oh my god i want so-and-so to write that character after this never do i want to see tom taylor write any doom dr doom is off the no. table i do not need that at all it's so annoying but he served a purpose but then the whole tick tick thing was i mean even I don't the know idea like I, I don't get it like the idea where i sit there and i'm just when you see the tick tick and i'm like okay well what does doom think about him like in this wakandan thing and there's black panther and it just feels it doesn't feel doom at all though with that tony stark conversation you do get the idea that Doom's just there because it's convenient for him and, you know, he could do his thing or whatnot. But still, overall, what would you give this? I'm actually at an eight. Okay. I'm at a well, seven yeah. five. He's, so I mean, I'd like the things are familiar. It's nothing brand new from Tom Taylor, but I, it's well done for the thing he's doing. Yeah. That, that's the same. Like I said, I think that it's one of those where if you like Tom Taylor, you, you like this. And if you want, like, an Elseworlds story, get a lot of characters. And he is throwing a ton of characters at you mm-hmm. and things like that. That's cool. It's just like I couldn't say, oh, my God, you have to read this. Oh, my God, this Dark Age. It may change. The last three issues may really be like, holy crap, this is great, and really play it out. At it this does point, feel like it's, it feels like it's more than halfway through. 
Yeah, it does. It feels like we're setting up for the big final confrontation, but we can't be. So there must be some twist to come in. Yeah, and usually you'll know. have that fourth issue. I mean, it's weird, too, because in a five-issue deal that, that Marvel usually has, this would be that, okay, we're getting ready for the big battle. But you're you're right. This is just kind of laid-back deal. Let's go. And then I think by the end of the fourth issue, you're going to get full out. And, then and we'll we see the, the cover of the next issue, and we got... We've got uh, Fing Fang Foom there. We've got Giant Man. I think we saw earlier that Giant Man got stuck in yeah. giant form. Yeah, that's giant form. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, they're we all see fighting. Nightcrawler. Mm, so that's crazy. Look at that. Maybe, maybe that's the, the third one is Fing Fang Foom. Yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing is when I ended up, I'm like, okay, the three, is it, was it Jump of Giant Man's not there? And maybe it is Fing. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what's going on. But again, I think it's a quality book. I think it's something that, yeah. you know, when you read it, you don't feel ripped off at all. It's it's good. I just, no, I don't he's know. doing the story. It, it's, I don't want to say the story itself is predictable, but the feelings are predictable yeah. if you yeah, know what Tom Taylor does. They are. But we're going to move to the next issue. Okay. Where, yeah. This this is a book, all right. This is one that I, I don't know. It, it is Kang. And I feel bad kind of, <laughs> kind of. But a lot of people have gotten a hold of me and they'll like, oh, man, that Kang, you read in Kang? Because a lot of times this has been, I think, on the Patreon spotlight. So mm-hmm. they're like, man, it's awesome, isn't it? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm I having a, some fun with it. I'm enjoying okay. it. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's certainly complicated. It loops around on itself. He's always going back to Egypt. He's always going back to the, the 40th century. You see – it's hard to say to the talk of the characters because then Kang says to Kang, don't be like Kang. And then Kang punches Kang. And then Kang ends up yeah, being like Kang. And then in a, Kang. In a fun kind of way. I, I end up by like the Kang, end. Kang. Yeah. Uh, at the very beginning, I'm not the only one who said it. It had to open the deal. Like, okay, we're going to get this idea that Kang conquers all, Kang conquer, but time is something that, you know, he's the master of, but not the king. And who's the real master? And I thought, we're just going to get the idea of repeating your own mistakes just because that's the way it is. You can't change it even when you think. And even in this in this, you know, issue, you even have him say that like, oh, my God. But he changes some things and he's trying to change. The big thing is don't fall in love, which he, he can't help it. Kang loves to fall in love, it seems. But this is Kang the Conqueror. Number four, it is the penultimate issue. We'll end next issue. Written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Art by Carlos Magno. Colors by Espen Grutenjern. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Nathaniel Richards was uh, just a bored but ambitious teenager living in the 31st century until his older self, Kang the Conqueror, offered the chance of a lifetime to be forged in the ultimate version of himself, Kang. But when Nathaniel found his future self's lessons too brutal, he left Kang to die in the Crustaceous period and fled to ancient Egypt. There he fell in love with a knight of Kanchu named Aravona, and together they rebelled against Pharaoh Rama Tut, another incarnation of Kang. Rama Tut captured the pair and forced him into service, uh, believing Ravana dead by his future self's hands. Nathaniel escaped and allied with An Asabanur. A.K.A. Apocalypse again, like Apocalypse. you said. Yes, to get his revenge. Apocalypse sent Nathaniel forward in time to Kang's first battle with the Avengers, where Nathaniel tried to uh, assassinate Kang. Their standoff was interrupted by a time-traveling Doctor Doom, who also wanted Kang dead. Nathaniel and Kang struck a temporary truce to defeat Doom, after which Nathaniel slayed Kang. Oh, Rep- no, Kang killed I mean, Kang. I was like, oh, my God, Kang stabbed Kang in the back, Kang. 
replacing his future <laughs> self in the timeline he returned to ancient Egypt and the guys of Ramatut. A.K.A. He King. A.K.A. <laughs> He spared Ravana's life but couldn't win her love and was forced to flee once more. The time, the, this time to the distant war-torn future where he was met by a, another version of Ravana. And that's the big deal. He keeps running into her. She kind of reincarnates. You told me. And yeah, I this think is where fully, this book has started to talk, you know, turn into a Hawkman, Hawk girl kind of thing where they're these, this couple meets each other over and over again through time. Yep. In a weird way, where they're the same person, but it's not the same person. But it's not the, the same eyes person. are the same, the soul's the same, or maybe Kang is just completely out of his mind. Yeah, maybe. Always a possibility. But, but he's in love, and he even, he gets mad in this one. He's like, don't you remember all that time back then? The day's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But he's trying to win her over, and the winning over is what always screws him up. Uh, so... At one point in this, and, and you know, this is convoluted. It's tough to talk about and things like that. But overall, he decides, okay, well, maybe I won't try to win her over that way. But now I will. But then he has problems. But then he has to go. And now we have, you know, pretty much Road Warrior right, going so we're, on. We're in dystopian. So he was originally from the 30th century. So we've got the 30th century is where King originates from, where everything's kind of boring and safe. We've got the 20th century where he jumps back to where he fights the Avengers. And we've got the 40th century, the dystopian future, road warriors, everybody fighting everybody. And he had talked about this. He hates this time because he thinks everybody's savages and they don't understand. He's able to use them. And when he talked about it before, it's like, you know, what good is using morons and savages? He, he didn't really like the deal, but he's using it now. Right. In so Ravana way. doesn't remember him. But he's shown that he's useful at, at killing her enemies, so they kind of team up. You go and, on, because yeah, I'm telling it's, you. It's... The, the pacing is strange because I think it, it works, but we jump years and years at times because he doesn't want us. I mean, we don't need a, a whole five-issue mini on King in this far future fighting all these bad guys. But yeah, so he, they team up, they eat some bugs together, and they kill all their enemies, and they take over and now that they've all won she says hey baby how about you and me now and she says yeah not so much breaks his hand or wrist gives him a hip toss and says see a sucker yeah see a sucker i love that you casually won't go by the and then they ate bugs <laughs> and they did this but this is the thing <laughs> this issue is weird again i i keep saying like i'm telling you when people ask me <laughs> they think i think that they this is a 10 out of 10, right? This is a, I'm like, no, not really. And at points I get lost a bit because it is told in that crazy way. And you're jumping back and forth. Kang versus Kang mm -hmm. versus Kang mm -hmm. versus Ravana. But at, by the end, even though I still think that we're going to get to, ah, oh, Kang, you, you son of a gun, you can't change anything. Maybe there'll be little bits because as we see, but still, I think that that's all the lesson here is I don't know that you need five issues, but there's parts, this Ravana stuff, I don't mind here in this, you know, apocalyptic no, world. No, it's intriguing that she keeps popping up. And it's not that she somehow, as far as we know, has her own time machine. It's just these other multiple instances of apparently the same person. Wherever Kane goes, Ravana shows up. And yeah, I think she that's shows up, cool. that connection. Also, I love the idea that even the machinery sings out Kang's name as it's crying. Kang, yeah, Kang, yeah, Kang. Yeah, the Kang. I'm like, going. oh, there I, you I go. I like that. I smile. <laughs> so, yeah, so she dumps his ass, and uh, 
And he decides, okay, and I never love. I, I knew that. I knew that five other times. Every time I meet this lady, something goes bad. Either she gets hit by a meteor or something bad happens. So forget her. I'm just going to conquer everything. Yeah, everything. And so he does. And he uses his knowledge of all the technology because we saw him fiddling with tech in the 30th century. And apparently all the 40th century junk is based on 30th century tech. So he's the only one here who knows how to fix all the guns. Well, and that that's the thing. He, he spelled when he was teaching himself the lessons. He, he didn't quite spell that out that way, but just said, you'll be in the 40th century. You're going to end up knowing this tech. You go, they're nonsense or savages, whatever. But, you know, it, it plays out. It, it actually mm-hmm. works out with the deal. Now, that's the other thing. I Maybe... And we, you know, you hear this term a lot. Maybe this will read better in the trade to actually play out a little smarter than when I end up, you know, reading the one issue each month. And, I, you know, because some of the things, maybe I'm missing some of the connections or whatever. But this issue, actually, when you go and see him fighting through the times with the day, it's pretty awesome. I mean, that is an awesome spread page with this whole time, you know, deal going oh, as he's fighting page, everything. Yeah. It's really, really good. And so with that, at this point, that's all I'm looking for, because a lot of it, I ended up, I think I was left behind a bit. I'm a dummy, and I can't pay attention very well. So when you get it's, this It's supposed to be confusing, deal, and it's it intentionally is. confusing. And I think you're right on the nose, and I it never even crossed my mind that I think that when Lansing and Kelly got this, they had to have thought, you know what, that Van Ditty did that Hawkman thing, and people loved it. They didn't sell well. But people loved it because, you know, you ended up getting the definitive version. You end up seeing that this connection through time. And he is a time guy, so it makes sense. Instead of just flat-out reincarnation for Kang himself, he's going around. But it does look like there's some sort of Ravana reincarnation soul that's connected that every time he pops up. So that is interesting. I think that that's pretty cool. Uh, But you go on again because he ends up doing stuff to try to prove to this future one that, you know, hey, baby, I'm pretty cool, right? So we see that that spread page with multiple Kangs. So he's fighting in different timelines, different dimensions. He sees this other version of Kang with a funny hat. Do we know that character? It looks like we should know him. I I don't know that. And I thought that... It looks like Ming the Merciless. It does look like Ming. And and maybe this is newer things, but maybe we've had some things with it. It looks like a reference to something. It's a very Silver Agey looking character design to him. So I feel like, oh, I'm supposed to recognize him, but I don't. Yeah, Yeah, I don't either. He has a neat little badge on there with like the atomic (laughs) symbol type deal. It's cool, right? Kang has just conquered basically all of time and space, it seems. But it's never any glory to it because he wins so easily. Again, it's almost like that one one punch man where he just wins too easily. He's unsatisfied. So he goes back to this other part of time. And this is, I guess, where uh, the original king, the older king, the king who he traveled with had told him, you know, this is Ravana. This is the Ravana I met. And this is what made that king sour on love to begin with. Yeah, this seems like the true Ravana, right? right? And this is back from uh, the old Avengers 20, was it 23, 24, something like that? So that's where Kang took the Avengers forward in time. And what happened there was there's a a kind of rebellion. He's in charge, but they rebel against him. And in that story, uh, one of these people kills Ravana, and that makes Kang very sad. But Kang says that's not going to happen this time. I know what's going to happen. I have seen this story before, so I can change it. So he he meets this Ravana, who again looks like the old Avengers Ravana, but it's still Ravana. 
And instead of executing her like he's done with all the other people he's conquered, he you know he has uh, you know a little bit of little bit of sweet on her. So calls off the attack, and instead of conquering these people, he frees them. Whatever that means in this context where he rules the rest of the world. Yeah, and the problem then is that Baltag, who was going to do this, ends up, and even at a point he seems to know that this is something he's going to get stabbed right. in the back and whatnot, but doesn't just. He yeah, wants right. to Baltag show he's who the, killed Ravana back in Avengers, so he knows this is going to happen. So this is what drove me crazy, though. So if you're Kang here, you have one job, right? Save Ravana. So you know Baltag is the traitor. Keep him out of the you room. bring him into the ocean, open, you <laughs> aim your magical yeah. Kirby dot gun at him, but because you've grown to love Ravana, you show him mercy, and she smiles at you. That's the and worst. And your heart melts, and everything's wonderful. He says, I win, and then you turn the page, and she's dead, and Baltag shot her anyway. Now, did nobody frisk this guy? No. He, he's I, clearly it, under arrest. Did, nobody, did he grab somebody's gun? What happened here? We, we see they're happy. Turn the page. <laughs> I'm telling you, the idea where he's like, I know that this bald dog, he's going to do it, but I'm going to show mercy on him so she loves me more. She smiles. Yeah. He does shoot her. Done. Done and done. Dead. And now he's pissed again, but he ends up grabbing her body. You know, and putting her in a tube deal to try to figure things out. But then we also now, see this before as... That, we see the panel where we see our, our current Kang, and then we see young Kang and old Kang. Is that just his thoughts, I think? I no, was I, I think second. that that is the beginning, because at the beginning, you had Kang going through oh. the timeline, showing him young Nathaniel. Hey, look, this is when we screw up. He didn't realize that. Though, because, yeah, okay. and that, I think that the problem is, is that when they did jump back here, to show and teach the lessons, all you do end up seeing is Ravana there dead with Kang, not realizing that this is the evolved version of the thing and someone mm-hmm. tried to change or whatever. You just see the dead. Okay, don't fall in love. Don't fall in love and we'll be fine. He falls in love and he's a lover. He's not a, he is a fighter too. But that Kang, you can't tell him to stop loving. But yeah, when they jump back out, he's like, oh crap, there they are. <laughs> he's like, oh my God, I did it. And then it says, the cage was Kang, and it, I think that that is kind of the exclamation mark of the, oh, crap, he did tell me not to do this, and I still, I tried to change it, and it still ended up happening, I'm an idiot, and he's like, a villain could not gain her love, and a hero could not save her life, it's kind of a cool line, but the cage is Kang, and now he's pissed off again, and he wants to, you know, figure out how he can do this, how he can get Ravana and, you know, awake and be saved by my final conquest. So, so is he gonna... he's, he's gotten kind of mystical here. He says, I've already seen the ripples in the water of time, but he didn't know what the impact was that caused the ripples. Okay, you see you see circles in a pond, you know, somebody threw in a stone, but now he realizes that I am the impact and I shall shatter time for you, awake Ravana, be saved by my final conquest. Yeah, is he going to, he's going to conquer both life and death and time and who knows i think by the end you just get right back to the deal oh well oh kang you can't change time you, you can say you're a master of it but you're can not. Trace me, but i can't change yeah time. It's, it's just crazy deal we'll start singing now uh but yeah overall what would you give it i'm at a 7.8 oh my goodness I, i'm enjoying it it's it's confusing <laughs> but i'm in, i'm enjoying being confused and i like the Surprised, didn't I? Yeah. I, I I like the hook of Ravana as his one constant. I think that's because she's not a new character, but to have her be this focus of his entire timeline is an, a new choice, and I like it. 
Yeah, I'll tell you, you bringing up the idea of the Hawkman deal did elevate my score a bit. That actually, like, it, it ended up that I needed something to click in my mind for some reason that made it click a little more. It so needs need to like, focus, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, I'm still only at a 6.5. I'm okay. not anything that high on it. And it, it was one of those, unfortunately, by now I would have dropped the book. I would not have gotten this far. I mean, we end up doing this because we're I doing like it. I like all but the little links where I can look back and say, okay, here's what happened in the Avengers. Here's how he's trying to change it. Here's how it didn't really change. I, I can see the, the link that Lansing and Kelly put into this. And, like and on our Patreon spotlight, we talked about Kazar, the Kazar book. And, and it's the same kind of concept going in. I mean, I need something to really get me to buy a Kazar or a Kang book. I'm not fans of either characters, really, so I need something. And I don't know. I got bored with the first couple issues. But now that you told me, again, that seems to make it click a little okay. more in my mind. So, yeah, yeah, I won't even tell you what my score was before that because it was not <laughs> You've good. You've gone back in time and changed Yes, it. I did. I mean, I end up, I am just like Kang. I, I went back. I said, you know, don't hate so much. And then I went back and I like never Kang, loved Jim. I, I never learned. Never loved. I, that's the thing. Kang can't help but love. I can't help but hate. It seems at least people say that. But yeah, with that, we have one more one, and we're we're just going to go through this for a second. I mean, we're just going to talk about it because of what it was. Mm-hmm. It's a Fantastic Four anniversary tribute issue came out uh, this week, and it's one of those things. It is the original annual and the first appearance, the first deal. It's the Fantastic Four annual number three and Fantastic Four number one. I don't know why I'm. So into call, calling out the number three annual first, but you end up having these two stories and each page is done by a different artist. It's not changing the stories. It's just changing the art. And it's one of those. We're not going to go through this because this is an older we know issue. The story. We know the yeah. story. So with it, though, it's cool. I like when they do this. It's kind of a fun little thing, though. Again, I don't think I would ever buy it. I don't know. I'm, I, I guess if you're a fan of some of the artists and maybe the Fantastic Four, you would. But it seems kind of extraneous when these things come out. They've done this before. Uh, but overall, what was, the, what was the last? I can't book remember. They did and they I, did I this. Either. And I can't remember what it was. And it was the same kind of deal. And it's funny. As we're saying it, I, I almost can picture what it was. And now I, I can't remember. Uh, but with that, by the end, and it might have been just like the Avengers or maybe the, the hmm. issue when Cap well, I think maybe gets found yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It feels something like that. But I don't know. You get some artists that I really like doing some stuff. But overall, I don't know. It, it's nothing that it's, I – I thought what's interesting was I, I also had the original Fantastic, Fantastic Four up in another window. So I was kind of picking some pages and going back and forth. And some artists are super literal. You can almost take the page and lay it over the other one. And it's not – I'm not going to say traced, but like they use the same exact layout in a lot of cases. And other places, other artists will modernize the layout some more. You know, the, the original one was very you know, boxy, 1962 layouts, rectangle, rectangle, rectangle. Where here you have, you have some pages where they have characters kind of spreading from one panel to another – different more widescreen page layout so i think that was kind of cool yeah i I remembered what it was it was the cap issue you ended up having a cap anniversary i believe because i remember them doing like different versions of red skull and stuff like that you kept saying where they grabbed some interesting pages here were the ones where you can really recognize the style some places some Some of it got a little kind of generic right yeah because a lot of them use the same colorist if you look at the dono sanchez almara who does a great job with the colors 
but a very consistent page-to-page job with the colors, which makes it in a like a regular issue that would be nice to give us a sense of continuity. But if we're looking for distinct artist look, it kind of plays against that feeling. Yeah, I, I agree. But you know, places like you see uh, towards the end, you see the All Reds page, which is you know every All Reds page looks like an All Reds looks page. Looks like an All Reds page. You can page. see that. Yeah, yeah. You know the Chichetto page, which was kind of cool because Marco Chichetto is now doing Daredevil. So he does the page in the wedding annual where Daredevil shows Daredevil, up. So. That was a yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But like you said, I'm even I'm going through it right now as well. And you do end up having a lot of it like, okay, that looks the same. Like what's going on? Yeah, you, you'd have different layouts. Yeah. For me, if you're going to have new art, make it be really different art. I don't want to see slightly updated art. That doesn't. And I don't know if, if you agree. I think that it gets a little more, you know, it gets a little better once you get the annual issue. Yeah, I think the art looks more distinct there. Yeah, it does. The first issue deal going through that, it looks like everybody's just aping their style together. You don't mm-hmm. get, but once you get the different artists in the annual uh, and you get a lot of action and characters and things. I think that it does end up, you know, okay, I get it. This is pretty cool here. But overall, again, it's not something that I think it's a must-buy, must-read. It's something that you'd have look at, and then you'd be done with it in my mind. Again, though, I'm not. I'm more of a story guy than a visual deal, and this is stories I've read before. So with that, but yeah, I'm looking at the old. <laughs> I mean, that really hits hard. <laughs> the old red, you're like, oh, my, look at that. That's crazy. But uh yeah, overall, I don't know. If I gave a score, it, oh. I don't even – it's weird giving it's, this you a can't sc- give us a score. I, I can't give a score, no. It's – you know what it is. If this is the kind of thing you want to see, there's some cool stuff here. Yeah. How about this? You end up, hey, everybody, this is the Fantastic Four number one, the annual number three, uh, and each page is done by different artists. If, if that's something – I'm not going to convince you either way. If that's something that you go, oh, that sounds cool, then right. get it. If you're like, eh, then don't. I mean, that's what it is. But we're going to take a – little a break and we're going to go off and we're going to have clay join both of us Ooh. and i'm really intrigued because you told me that one book gets a score now i know what it is i keep every <laughs> second of this whole recording day i'm like what what book is he giving this now i know now I, i'm thinking we have two more books because we're going to be joined by clay for the bay issue of the amazing spider-man and also shang chi and i i don't think that shang chi would deserve the score that you said so i'm thinking that it might be an issue with this spider-man stuff getting a little bloated too quick but we'll see we will see but we'll be back with clay bye in bye. a second all right and here we are with clay what up clay Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, lovely. We are doing great. How are you, Jason? How are you doing? Still now? doing well. Hey, Clay. Uh, hey, Jim. Yes. Hey, hello. And <laughs> Still here in the basement. This is one of the deals. So am I, unfortunately. This basement is is a wreck. It really is. Uh, Tanya ended up calling, and we might get some sort of FEMA sort of thing. It's that bad. Oh, okay. That gonna get. <laughs> it's that bad. I'm telling you. I said, they're going to come here, and they're just going to shut down this whole place. They're going to end up putting a tent around this super fun situation i'm waiting that somehow maybe i'm going to develop some superpowers black mold man but yeah (laughs) nobody wants that nobody wants that but speaking of what maybe nobody wants uh (laughs) you end up having the amazing spider-man and me and clay have been enjoying it we've been enjoying the ben riley stuff at points i think more than some other people it seemed those two issues of kelly thompson some people are getting a little annoyed 
with the little jokiness and her kind of Bendis like dialogue is what a lot of people end up bringing up. But yeah, I liked I like the Zeb Wells ones better. I was I, I was on board for that, and then the Kelly Thompson ones maybe maybe not quite as much. Yeah. So we have this where you're getting Spider Man, you know, every week they already announced. Now one of the things that's weird about this, it seems like there was some delay. At one point, again, Clay, me and Clay talking about these things. I think we had that week without a Spider-Man, right, Clay? Yeah. I, yeah. And I and in that, the review copy of this, they take it out in the actual thing, kind of do the same with Strange Adventures, or Strange Academy, I'm sorry, uh, the deal where they do have a date, and it's like, next issue up on the 17th. I'm like, no, 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 that, that's when this came out. So there's been a bit of a delay in things like that. And I don't know, is this is this supposed to be like a, almost like a, Halloween type issue, the whole idea of this haunted mansion, the Avengers deal, and it it just threw me off. It really did. And I'll tell you, Clay got a hold of me uh, earlier, and he's like, "Yeah, the Spider Man's not that great." I'm like, "Oh man, <laughs> it's kind of crap." Is I think it was my official quote. It's the Dot Beyonce issue. How can it yeah, not be great? Exactly. But here it is. It's the Amazing Spider Man number seventy eight dot Bay B E Y. Little shout out there to Beyonce. Written by Jed McKay, art by Eleonora Carlini, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VC's Joe Carmagna. The Beyond Corporation has sponsored Spider Man and is giving him all the best high tech suits, nice apartment, trainers to make sure Ben's at the top of his game. Those trainers, the daughters of the dragon, Misty Knight, and Colleen Wing. These ex heroes for hire just got their samurai sword and bionic arm hired to train Spider Man and nothing else. And yeah, I mean, the idea that they're even in the regular book and whatnot just seemed like out of nowhere. I get it. They're training them, but do they really need them to train them, especially in things that end up being, you know, of the mind, uh, you know, danger room, danger house here? I don't know. I I mean, it, it just always seemed like they were just thrown in. Now it seems, okay, they were thrown in here for, you know, these issues. And I don't know. You you start out with them, you know, kind of getting, you know, yelled at about, you know, what just happened? Where were you? Yeah, blood all over them. They're kind of looking other ways. They're mad. The idea with the, you know, the director danger asking this, and then we go earlier and where you, you have. I, I got to jump, but this is one of my least favorite tropes in all of comic books. You have the character names with the little snarky introduction below it. I see that, and I already think, oh, it's it's going to be one of those books. Yeah, I mean, hard as a coffin now, right? There you go. I mean, what what Colleen better Wing, way? Born without breaks, daughters of the dragon, rougher than twenty miles of country road. Aye, like, aye, okay, aye. so. We're supposed to think these two are the greatest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we're going to go, Clay, you tell us, because then you go that morning to set this up in this, I said, it's like a danger room type thing, right? Yeah, I I was very confused uh, as of why we're getting this in the tail end of November and not, you know, again, it was delayed. And I guess you can kind of blame everything with Nick Spencer at the very end of his run where everything started the delays on the Sp- Spider-Man book. But you get this danger room where Ben is fighting Avenger amalgams of every horror movie villain ever. Leatherface Cap. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have Iron Man Jason, which I don't understand how that makes sense. He's just flying around. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> See, and Giant then, Man Freddy. Yeah, Giant Man Freddy. And... And who is Wasp? 
I have no clue who Wasp is. Is Wasp like the fly? That's a, that's a that's a very deep pool if it is. <laughs> because the fly is not a slasher like the others. That's all I could come up with, though. This would be something where it'd be cool, like, oh, man, I need to have the leather face Captain America. Eh, no, I really don't. And you only get them for really quick panels. And I don't think I think that the best play. Like like Jason said, maybe the Jason. I'm, but still, I don't even. It, it, this isn't my thing anyway. The visual, the visuals here are fun enough. Uh, I I wanted more of that cap as as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Deal. <laughs> you don't really get much of it. But again, what are they doing here? This is Ben Riley who's been on the job for three days, and they're well. Joking. My thing, my thing is that which is very confusing. Like these people know that Ben Riley has been a clone. Or not even a clone of Spider-Man, but has been Spider-Man for longer than they have met each other, right? So why are the the dialogue here is almost talking down to us, like, oh, so what did we learn today? Like a Saturday morning stuff. The whole, yeah, the book is about how Misty and Colleen are so much way better than Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's weird. And also, just at the end, I get that when they're like, okay, so what did you learn? Like we said, talking down to them. And he's like, oh, my spider sense, it kind of goes wacky when there's a lot of things going on. I'm like, why did that have to be in the horror movie? You know, why are you playing games here when this is something where Ben desperately probably needs some training, but more with his suit, not with the spidey sense. You know what I mean? That Very this, true. This would be a suit thing. not Right, because it's, it's the beyond suit. Thing. Yes, and yet you're not seeing like, yeah, it'd be awesome if you have, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Capcom and all of a sudden you realize that that's to show that Ben and the suit has a thing that can deflect armor. a chainsaw and armor. Boom, it comes on, you know, even like the iron spider suit kind of play with that. Boom. and get. But no, it's just him jumping around and avoiding them. Even with the idea, isn't this an X-Man thing? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, even by the end, it just leads to the quick deal of, you know, boo. And you end up, it's Misty. Where did you get that outfit on? Oh, you know, this is Colleen's deal. All right. And then we go off and you end up having like, what did you learn? And I'll go back to Clay because even then, like, Colleen gets all giddy and it, it plays off so weird, this issue. Uh, but you go, Clay, because then, then we see that it ends up like, Going back to that, we we have like a flash forward of like so so of course Colleen and Knight are you know basically taking commands from Danger like hey you know you guys are still under our payroll we need to make sure everything's going on and it is I think at this point she is talking about this like huge monster that's yeah, in the that's in the downtown. middle of the city yep yeah and they're like oh well. It's not necessarily in our contracts. It's like, oh, well, isn't helping people in our contracts? Well, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, superhero stuff. And the next thing you know, they're coming back and they're completely drenched in like pink goo. And it goes forward again or it goes back uh, to show how er everything went down here. And I I want to ask either of you, uh, Jim or Jason, have they built these two as a team anywhere else? Yeah, they're in the Marvel? daughters of the dragon. They they have been a team. So that that's the one thing. They had a I believe it was a digital book. 
how long ago was that it book? wasn't it was probably the one that i read a little it could have been like 2018 2017 i'm not sure right off the bat but there was a digital daughters of the dragon deal i think it was digital and i ended up liking it enough because i like misty i i didn't even going into it i didn't know colleen as much but the thing is and i think that it doesn't really matter because what i'm getting at is you you think i'm guessing we don't know that these two have it. Like They had a series, Daughters of the Dragon, in 2006 with Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. There was I, some that's digital what I, That's deal. what I see pop up, okay. but I'm not sure. I'd have to look. In in my mind, like as a newer reader of – like I've always – we talk about this, Jim. We are fans of Marvel, but we didn't get heavy into it until, what, three years ago. So within this three years, I have not met this team until this book. So – I would like a little bit more on them and doing it the way that you're doing it, being all goofy and stuff. For one, Daughters of the Dragon does not sound like the material that we're getting from this book. Like, mm-hmm. it's very joke. It sounds very Shang-Chi. Exactly. And Shang-Chi even, and we're going to talk about it later, there gets some serious moments and some badass moments and some silly moments. But you don't this really is, get this is Laverne the cheese and with that you get from the Daughters yeah. of of the dragon here. Exactly. I did look and I knew that there was something. This makes complete sense. And there was a digital only daughters of the dragon, Marvel digital original 2018. And it was, I, I, as okay, I was okay, okay. I'm thinking of the idea it was by Jed McKay. So this oh, is his okay. thing. And again, I did read that, but I don't think that many people did. And did so, it have the same tone? Do you remember this? I remember jokey, it being, jokey, yeah, like serious. an adventure type deal. And it even says, I'm looking at the solicit where you end up like two of the greatest ass kickers on a collision course with a weird and scary side of the Marvel Universe that will have you at the edge of your seat. Like it is this vein. And I remember liking it enough. I don't know if I finished it. But it was, you know, November of 2018 when it came out and I ended up, oh, I like Misty. I'm going to check this out. And I I remember, like, again, I don't remember everything about it, so it must not have really clicked with me. But I remember not hating it. Uh, But I did know there was some digital deal, but that it's going right from there. But that's not going to be something that you can rely on for the character work of a team, especially here in a huge book like a Spider-Man book where you're going to go with these two and people are going to be confused about, you know, what they're about, what's going on with it. But with this, I, I just I don't know. It, it just got me angry as I read it because of the idea of it being extraneous. And I don't know that I want to deal with these B.E.Y. Bay issues anymore because <laughs> it ends up like, really, like, what are you doing here? What, why are we doing this? And it just plays off. It almost plays off like it would be a digital Side deal, maybe that would be something they could do. Say, hey, it by does the not way, scream essential. Yeah, so maybe it would have been like the Infinity Comics that they have. Maybe there would be a cool play to have. Okay, if you're into this and you have the Marvel Unlimited app, there's these side, side issues there. The day and date. It makes me feel like they are leading the Bay issues to have its own separate series. Yeah, anyway, to have a deal. Yeah, not related to Spider Man. So. Of course, the only way to sell it is to attach it to Spider-Man. Yeah, to attach it with the Dot Bay because they go off now. They're in their simulation because they go downtown and stop this monster that somehow as they start to stop it with this prison that, you know, miraculously, wink, wink, ends up being that same simulation that we did have at the beginning with the Haunted Avengers murder mansion. They have to go fight and then, you know, you, you 
continue with this deal of this yeah, mansion. There was zero explanation of why the simulation ends up inside this this weapon. And and that's the whole deal. At the end, they realize that the way to beat it is that they. It's basically the the call is coming from within the house. I get the idea that that's like a wink wink that didn't really play off very well. The idea, oh my god, we're in a simulation. Oh, the villain became the simulation, but the simulation is the same simulation. But that at the end they end up stopping it. And you go, Clay, because we're almost at the end here, where you get the star then, and they grab it. I they just... they grab the star, and this was kind of alluded to as far as like them kind of being on the up and up, doing something else other than just being a part of Beyond. Uh, and danger is like, oh well, where's the actual weapon to what this monster was in possession of? And they're like. Oh, we lost it. We don't know what happened to it. Yeah, we and don't luckily know. for them, they they set up an antimatter bomb to end up destroying this whole deal and bring it all down. And they, oh, we and I don't know if I, you know, totally trust Danger anyway. She might be playing the long game as well. Where oh, we lost communication with you. We don't know what happens. Maybe that's not completely the case. But we'll have to see as they're just talking about this and saying, oh, no, we didn't get this star weapon, the deal that they had to kind of root inside of him as well. Just not to, but you end up where they give it to Monica. At the end, that was already brought up, and me and Clay were like, what the hell is going on here when now, we had that did, first I think deal. we saw Monica in a, one of these Beyond issues, haven't we? So well, she it was introduced. one of the regular deal where she just showed up and like, hey, what did you find out? And me and Clay, when we talked about it, we're like, well, like, what's the connection here? And now we see more of the connection, but... They're kind of working undercover for her to investigate the Beyond Corporation. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. And they're making sure, like, this might be something a little too powerful to ever let the Beyond Corporation get. So we're going to get it. We're going to give it to Monica. She's going to zip off again, and we'll keep in contact, all that stuff. But by the end, I, I just read this and say, why? Why do we need this? Why do you? Because really, overall, you don't, as of now, saying, is this essential? It's not. And it, it just, after me and Clay went through a bunch of them, after having Jed McKay, or not Jed McKay, I'm sorry, uh, Nick Spencer, having, you know, not just the regular series, but the side ones. You know, you started that way back with the Haunted deal and all, and having these dot issues. Why continue with that? That that kind of ends up making people spend more money than I think they need and stuff like that. I just I didn't have that much fun with this. How about you, Clay? No, I did not have fun with this at all. I was very con- like I've I've just been confused with these characters. Like I would want to know more about them, but these these small little parts that we do get of these characters are not really about them. It's about their mission. And I don't really care about the mission if I don't understand why they're doing the mission in the first place. Yeah. Is there is there a way that if this was later on in the series, I mean, I know that there's a time limit on this. There's a time frame. Peter's going to come back. You end up having Ben Riley have his own book. But would this have been better if we already had, say, 12 issues of Ben Riley, or we had, you know, a bunch where I want Ben. That That's what I want to see. The new things. I want to see the suit. I want to see that working out. And and really at this point, with this included, we're kind of meandering a bit. Those Kelly Thompson issues were kind of meandering a bit as well. And then we go into this, and I'm starting to think that it's losing its oomph. It's losing its momentum of having a Ben Riley back. And I, it just throws me Maybe off. they should have called these dot D-O-D for Daughters of Dragon or <laughs> yeah. something because – 
that's what this is. It's a Daughters yeah. of the Dragon book. Yeah, that's all it is. And maybe that's the case. And when you go, and I think that, I don't know, you end up having people with a pull list and whatnot, but maybe we'll see. We'll see how these sell and if they are going. Because I do like Misty. I don't know as much about Colleen. I said it. And even with me reading that digital deal, I, I don't remember much of it. But I do like Misty. I like seeing her in books. But even so, in this, it's just, and it plays off a little too goofy. For something that is the start of this side story with the oh tone my God, the is that nothing really matters is the tone this snarky laid back oh this is going to happen and this is going to happen and oh that always happens it's really the opposite of what I look for in a comic book it's really a thousand percent not for me you end up elevating these characters by making them seem like they're better than Ben Riley's Spider Man right. you gotta you gotta get a crap on Ben Riley in order to yeah. make these seem important nonsense is what it is uh, what are you gonna get? Give it clay. Oh, ah, yes. This isn't the Patreon, is it? No, no, uh, it is not. But we're gonna <laughs> but see I that. Will, I will, I, I will give it a five then. All right. Uh, how about you, Jason? Oh, uh, this is a five all the way. We'll let the audience decide what kind of a five it is. But yes, it is I do have the sound effect lined up, but you can't use it here. So I, I should hit it and then edit it out, kind of some of it, but I'll forget, and then we have problems. I'm a five as well. And it's that unanimous. It is a unnecessary deal. Now, again, maybe this will get better. Maybe we'll see that it's a little more necessary. But I think Clay's hit it on the nose that this might be just setting up a Daughters of the Dragon book. Like, oh, man, you know, do people like this? Let's do this. If you're going to do it, just do that. You know, just end up saying from the pages of and and now it really feels like the idea. Okay, Ben Riley's back beyond corporation. And then they go to Jed McKay. Hey, Jed, you want to do these side things with continuing? You know, you did that digital with the Daughters of the Dragon. Would you be interested? Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. All right, let's throw them in for that because they never felt like they really fit overall anyway to have them then, you know, behind the scenes looking into things, which is fine. But we're going to go to the next book, which I do like a lot more than this one. I I have been liking the Shang-Chi book even though when me and clay would talk about it the idea of having the you know hero avenger of the month might have been getting a little bit long in the tooth you know you end up having that a little bit too much let's see it had a pattern i think that this ends up shaking it up a bit to make it actually seem like okay things are starting to to move along with that when you have an issue where the avengers kind of and you know pseudo whatever you would call the avengers end up attacking we have a lot of dog problems th- this episode i see my dog it just goes nuts it's probably like my son that he saw like getting out of the shower it's crazy uh but with that we will go and yeah you end up going into this and i'll give you a chang chi versus the marvel universe finale here but it seems as the book I don't know. This is weird. The book continues, but they're going with this whole deal. I think people get confused, but it is number six, written by Gene Luan Yang, art by DK Ruan, Triana Farrell on colors, and VCs Travis Lanham on letters. Previously, for hundreds of years, the Five Weapons Society has operated in the shadows, working toward world domination. They have intimidated, stolen, and killed in order to achieve their goals. Now, Shang-Chi has taken control of his father's cult-like organization, but charging or changing the society is family's evil ways hasn't been so easy his unwavering loyalty to his family has only grown stronger especially with the turn of his mother that weird mother but shang chi's allies are on the edge and their patience has finally run out and this whole deal it, it does go with the cosmic cube we ended up seeing that brother saber ended up duping 
you know, Tony, this whole deal where they came to get the Cosmic Cube and they fooled them. And now they've come back to try to get a hand over the, the Cosmic Cube. Shang-Chi thinks that they did. That's the big deal. He's like, what? We did. What are you talking about? And then I was confused because I was trying to remember things. I'm like, did they have more than one? No, it was a dupe. So you end up having this deal. But even before that, you get the setup with the sword. You get the family. You get this back and forth. And I'll give it over to you, Clay, about this whole deal with the, you know, the House of the Deadly Saber and this sword that's supposed to be this big deal. It's it's very interesting because, like, I I look at this book like uh, like we were reading it in or not reading this book in particular, but uh, the series Power Pack. You know, it, it it's a very quick read. Um, you know, this was my my favorite phrase is a it's a issue non issue because it's very very quick. All of these issues read pretty quickly, and they're just overall fun. Um, this whole thing about I can't remember the exact person that they said that this uh blade was coming from it's a copy of a sword from takamikazuchi the god blade of thunder that's it yeah who also invented sumo wrestling i looked that up oh my really (laughs) little little fun fact for you there yes fun facts but uh of course uh shang chi's brother like holds it in high regard he's praising it a whole lot in the very beginning here and that is when we get uh the first glimmer of like hey there is an attack coming and it is the Avengers. Um, I was a little surprised that they went so hard into like, Hey, like we're not going to just sit here and talk and ask questions. We're demanding this and we will fight you if you do not comply. And it's funny because it's everybody that Shang-Chi has kind of duped along the way. You know, you have Cap, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Spider-Man, Iron Man. You've been seeing all along that the, they don't trust Shang-Chi. Spidey yeah, yeah. seems to be kind of okay with him, but everyone else is very suspicious. I mean, he did just take over an evil yep. organization who's been evil for hundreds of years. So you can see why they might be a little little concerned. No, I got it. And I, I also like the idea that Shang-Chi – now, it, it almost comes down to the idea of, come on, talk about it. Shang-Chi, just go to the side say, Spidey, listen, I got to do some wacky things. Because I want to clean stuff out and whatever, but he's keeping it close to the vest. So they don't quite understand. They think that, yeah, he's bad. We're going to go get him. But he's actually trying to do some good. Uh, but we'll go back to Clay because they show up to attack, you know, the, the Shang-Chi and the rest. Shang-Chi's confused, right? Yeah, he he is just like, okay, well, there's simply, you know, you know, we could just talk this out. There's There's clearly a misunderstanding here. Whatever we you think we took or whatnot, you can come in with open doors and just take a look. There's nothing here. And that's when, of course, that's when Iron Man basically says, like, we we will take what we are asking for. And I know that you guys took the Cosmic Cube. That's the really big thing that they are looking for right now. I like this idea. Like I said, we know that there was a dupe, but we also know it was just Brother Saber, who has seemingly at points been pointed out to like is he like a traitor whatnot but we realized that you know the real traitor seems to be uh zillalan uh which we see here the sister staff so the idea that you know shang chi almost doesn't realize who the ones to trust who the ones and what they're all about because brother saber is all about we got to get the glory back and this is bullcrap we need the cosmic cube stuff like that so he does play off as bad, but I, I don't think he's bad, especially with him dealing with Sister Dagger. 
and stuff who I love. I think she's the best character. Well, here. I think it's all about loyalty, um, you know, or as Vin Diesel would say, family. Um, <laughs> it is. It definitely is. And I, I do like his enthusiasm towards like, hey, there's a legacy here with our family and we need to uphold it. That's what the brother is really all about. And same thing with his with his little sister. You know, she's very much about the 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 family business and she's always been about that ever since the beginning of this whole series i i do like uh the big guns the inclusion of thor in this um his entrance is absolutely amazing yeah i thought it was cool and him just like throwing around Mjolnir and and destroying things that's when his brother was like okay well i'm gonna go uh, get reinforcements, that's when he grabs the blade. Now, we were told very specific at the beginning, oh, it's an exact copy, but it doesn't actually work. Does not Did not get the power of the Storm yeah. God. And it was funny because Esme, the sister dagger, his little sister at one point, like, because you end up having it, like, like Clay said, tradition and loyalty. This was a gift from their father, so he does high. It might not have power, but I, I hold it in high regard. And I end up, you know, having it here on my mantle, things like that. As my goes, listen, if you give me something that doesn't work, I'm throwing it right in the garbage. And you end up saying, ah, oh, as it made me laugh. But the big thing that is the play that it's done now, I think that you end up having Gene Luan Yang play off it pretty well here with the idea that is it that it doesn't work because it's just a replica or is it that the power within Shang-Chi because he seems to go with it. I want to point out before we go back to Clay. Why does I, I think that they said to Thor ahead of time, listen, you're going to come down, you're going to, you know, pound Mjolnir into the ground. It's going to be awesome right now. I will point out to it. This isn't going to make quite as much sense if you look at it in the total continuity with what's happening in Thor or whatever. But we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, you come in or, or Spider-Man. Yeah, or spider And we're going to bring down the house. Right. I think that they <laughs> ended up saying that not literally. I think the idea that Thor comes down and then starts destroying buildings. I'm like, that's a little too far, Thor. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to destroy these nice looking buildings here just because you're mad. Yet they're gonna they they say they're gonna search through these. He's bringing them down. They're gonna have rubble. It's nonsense. I I thought that Thor took it a little too far here, destroying these ancient looking buildings and whatnot. But we're gonna search floor by floor. Okay, I'll bring the floors to us. And just <laughs> <laughs> it does give Shang Shang Chi the impetus to say, okay, let's have a one on one fight, you and me. And stop breaking my house. That's yeah. where I keep yeah, my stuff. Stop bringing these things down. Uh, the, the funniest thing that, is that's where is, my comic books are. You just, oh, that just ruined them. It's Brother Saber's area too, and he's like, no, oh, I was just here. Like it's it's such a, a bad thing that Thor in my mind is doing. But like you said, it does point out you do get Zillon who uses her staff and her music to try to stop things. Stop mulling your ends up. Not working out that great, but that's where you do end up. I, I do love the interaction, though, between uh, Esme and Spider-Man. That, that has been fun. You know, oh, there's Snot Shooter again. Don't call me that. I'm Spider-Man. It, it's neat. And that's the thing in this. Everybody feels like they're, you know, pretty much jerks. But Spider-Man, Spider-Man's cool. He's like, I know there's something weird going on. Come on, tell me, Shang-Chi. Uh, but you get a really cool-looking battle. But you also get that the sword seems to work and it's the God of Thunder versus, you know, the God of Thunder, the God of Lightning Thunder, all this going on, going back and forth, which is pretty cool. But I'll go back to Clay because we end up, you know, they, they kind of fight for a bit and then you end up having Shang-Chi realize what's going on. I thought that was pretty cool. I was confused myself and then, oh, holy crap. But you go, Clay. I, 
you're absolutely right. The fight was absolutely amazing. I love the very first uh, splash page of when Shang-Chi really cool. like, actually approaches Thor with the blade. All of it looks really, really good. Uh, goes against uh, the the whole argument of like, is it power versus speed and everything else? And Shang-Chi is like really going at Thor. And he says, uh, he says, what does he say here? He says, oh, I, I think I understand because I think it's Thor who knocks the sword out mm-hmm. of Shang-Chi's hand. And Shang-Chi just thinks about the sword and it goes back to his hand. He's like, wait, that's not right. And he says, oh, Milt. Mjolnir and Mjolnir just melts. And now I think this is around what you were talking about with the continuity of Thor. Clearly, if you're a good guy, you would say, hey, unmelt Mjolnir, (laughs) repair Mjolnir. It doesn't yeah. say that, but I can assume that everything's okay with Munir. <laughs> if you turn, if you turn the page, it's, it's back to normal. And Thor's kind of looking at it like, Ooh. yeah, okay, it's okay. funny. <laughs> like if he's starting to change reality and things like that, it'd be funny at the end. He's like, make Mjolnir not work very well, and also Spider Man, you're dead. Get out of here. And he ends up doing it. But <laughs> I like how like Shang Chi is starting to like get like connect the dots, and his brother's mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. now listen, hold on, hold on, and he's like, okay, well now I know this is the cosmic cube. And that means that you lied to me. I did and like that twist. Yeah. It, it was a very fun like twist. The sword doesn't work, but it does work. And it, it works because we have had the Cosmic Cube set up in every issue, including this one. Yeah. So that to have Shang-Chi realize that's what it is, I thought was a, a twist that, that got me. And I went, okay, that, that works. Yeah. And the big thing, like like Clay said, the sword got knocked away and was in the ground. And then Shang-Chi just thinks, oh, man, I wish I had that sword in my hand again. Boom, it's in his hand. It And you know, you end up having Thor go, man, your sword moves quicker than the eye. What magic is this? And Shang-Chi's like, uh, I, I don't really know. Like, what is going <laughs> on? So it does play off pretty well. But the big thing is, you know, Brother Saber has lied to him. And you're going with this idea that Brother Saber wants to get the family in this whole you know, five weapon society, they need to be on, you know, they need to be the power that they are. I don't think that he necessarily is evil, evil, like we got to do this and kill everybody, whatnot. But he is all about the family, all about the five weapon society. And he thinks that Shang Chi is not doing enough and not doing it well enough. And it's funny, the idea that you have him mad at Shang Chi for what he isn't doing. And then you also have the pseudo Avengers, these characters show up there and they're mad at Shang-Chi for something he didn't even do. And so everybody, Shang-Chi's just caught in the middle here. And at least he's, and I don't, it's almost like he has to do what he does here because, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Maybe he could have just given the cosmic cube. I was kind of surprised, yeah, because he turns over, I thought he was going to send the cube somewhere else. I thought he was going to try to choose a third route, but he gives the cube to the Avengers, and he turns his brother over to the Avengers, like handcuffs. That is like an extra step that maybe he didn't know. And Shang-Chi says there's powers that people shouldn't have. You know, this is too much. We got to, that's why I wanted to get rid of it at first, whatever, but you can't lie to me. It's almost like you're getting this to be the okay you're excommunicated right now from the society but it's more of like oh i'm gonna hand it's weird that he hands him over not just there's like a 
ceremonial thing of what happens if you lie or you you betray the leader. My biggest problem with the whole series, I kind of read it in one one big gulp, is that Shang Chi is super naive. Right, he's taken over this organization, which has been your your evil mafia type organization for hundreds of years, and he's taken it over. But he trusts everybody. I think that that might just be him, right? Yeah, but he's, he's so naive. It's almost he yeah. comes across as kind of dumb. It's. It, I feel like it is the trope of the superhero, though. Um, especially with like, let's take it in regards instead of Shang Chi. Let's let's put Spider Man in issues. Let's say Spider Man had to take charge of this organization. Or it's like it's like when the Angel takes over the uh, that law firm in, in Buffy. Mm-hmm. That's what, what it's like. Yeah, I don't understand. I didn't read the previous uh, miniseries. But I don't understand exactly what Shang-Chi is trying to do with his organization. Does he have a plan? We're not going to be this he anymore. He wants to make them good. I mean, the, the big thing is weird. Because to do he's, what? Well, he's trying because the idea of his father and this whole thing, he didn't want it. And that's the, the one of the big things. He didn't want this. You end up having the flame light on the fist. And, oh, that's you. All right, let's go. And he's trying to. And I think that maybe... We're going to have Gene Luan Yang show us, uh, you know, buying the scenes eventually. Because like I said, you end up having Shang-Chi being a little too coy with things where he could end up like, hey, Spidey, get this. I'm not really this dumb. I'm I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to root out the triggers. I'm also going to do this. But I want to make this whole deal on the up and up. The first series was more about his other sister and him fighting for the control of the family. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of daddy issues, all that stuff. We get a, a new... Uh, mythos about his father versus his uncle all this stuff in that first deal that comes into this this is more about the family and whatnot but he just i mean it, it it's not i'd love to say that i think it's more intricate than just shang chi has a society that he's controlling now that his father has pretty much you know made them all look bad throughout all these centuries he's gonna make it a force of good but before that he has to like Get in there and look back. It, it's it is odd. It, it's not I'd really like to well see a more played specific, out. Not even a plan, but a, a goal for Shang Chi. I'd like to see it mentioned. Here's what I want the Five Weapon Society to be, and we don't see that. I think we will get it though. Yeah, I think we will get it. The the thing that this reminds me of at one point is almost like the first version of the Black Cat Jed McKay book where they were grabbing all the different, oh, we got to go there. We got to go that. We're going to go to, you know, the Baxter building and steal that. And then eventually it didn't really pan out that well. So I'm worried like all of this is, it is kind of wow moments. I mean, there's a bunch of wow moments in this. Now, but we've yeah. been getting at the end of every issue, this shadowy figure in the background who's plotting along with some of the Five Weapons Society people to take down Shang-Chi. And I really thought that this issue was going to have that story come to a head. But it doesn't really. Well, this was always meant to, well, I say always, but I guess we were both wrong. Uh, Me and Jim thought that this was going to be a one volume type thing. But as it went on, it looked like they were planning for bigger things. And it has since been confirmed that this is going to be an ongoing series. Yeah, it's an ongoing. So I guess they're going to, you know, give us a little more slow burn deal. But I do think that we they do get that one to. page at the end where I guess what we're getting is, do we know who this evil Santa Claus guy with the dragon is? I, I thought that it might. I mean, the whole time I keep thinking that it's his dad coming back and inhabiting a body. And it has Zilan, who we ended up having the last issue that you saw when a bunch mm-hmm. of people ended up going through portals and coming together. Um, 
But no, I, I think that the big reveal is going to be like, what are we up against? Is it the uncle, the dad, the, you know, a lot of people coming back from the dead and his so mother from that, the negative zone. That, There's a lot a of Gilan he's, he's plotting with. And he says, your father's blood, which is also his father. So yeah, yeah, he wouldn't say yeah. that if it was the father. That's true. You're right. And so, yeah, you, you have. So I guess that's with, what the next arc is going to be. Yeah, I we're going to have to see. Because you have a bunch of people, even the guys that were working for Tony Stark last issue, ended up being part of this cabal. They seem to go through portals and like, okay, what are we going to do now? So there's all this stuff against. It is getting a little convoluted, I'll, I'll tell you. And we still have the mom. Creepy as hell. I, I don't yeah. like her one bit, and that we seem to be getting, you know, hey, I got to tell you what really happened with me and whatnot, and you get Secret Origins next issue. But you do have the heartbreaking deal where it's true. Esme only had Brother Saber through this whole deal, and now he's gone, and she is upset. She blames him, and now Shang Chi. The idea of trying to bring together the family. Everybody's just wackadoo. They're all mad at each other, including Salon, who's bad. And so we'll have to see. And again, I I still like it. I like this book. I like Gene Luen Yang. But I, I do see we got to get something. We have to have something hit and get uh, overall narrative, getting more of the idea. And now that it seems like we're done with the, you know, hero of the month that shows up and fights. So I still think I like this a little more than you, Jason. But I'm we're wondering what Clay thinks. What are you giving it, Clay? I am going to give this. I actually really enjoyed this. I like the uh, design of the very limited uh, God of Thunder suit for Shang Chi. Um, I, I'm I'm all for these small little things like this. And and like I said in the beginning of of this portion of this review, I said like this is I read this like how I did with Power Pack. So I'm gonna be a little bit more lenient towards it. Um, until it actually starts to connect more with probably some bigger things with other characters. Because right now, it's a Shang-Chi story with other characters just coming in every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, they come in and out. It is true. It's it's not really connecting to any of their individual storylines or even the Avengers storyline. So I can't really treat it like it's a part of a bigger thing, even though I know that's how Marvel does these things. This is technically a part of their canon for shang chi but you know doesn't really mess with anybody else's story um so i'm gonna give this probably an eight five okay you're an eight five i'm gonna guess because i was gonna guess that you were gonna give it an eight so you go eight five i'm gonna say that jason's a six uh but jason what are you oh i'm, I'm at 7.5 oh my goodness yeah, i like it I, okay. I i want shang chi to be less of a dummy but I, I'm enjoying the story. I like seeing the Avengers show up. I like the little tension between him and the Avengers. I, I wish he was less of a dummy regarding his family, a little less naive. But I, I, I like the story. I like the diet. I am at, at an eight, and I still have to get a, a handle on Jason and his scoring. You you fooled me. You did. Uh, I did know, though, that you were going to give Spider-Man a five because you said one of these <laughs> books today was a five and we went through a bunch of real nonsense and there's, there's a better. But, yeah, I'm an, I'm an eight. I'm still liking it. I'm, I'm with Clay, the idea that me and him, we like these characters. I like and then the funny thing is Brother Saber was my least favorite. Uh, of the, you know, the three, the, you know, Esme, Shang-Chi, Brother Saber. So him getting arrested, it shocked me because I really thought that they would handle that in-house, especially with Shang-Chi trying to 
you know, make this five weapons, at least trick them into doing something. This really puts the line in the sand of like, you you betrayed the family. So you, mm-hmm. you get it where that does set up maybe. And if they make Esme bad and she got, I'll, I'll kill somebody. I will, because I love her. I think she's the, the gem of this book through and through, which I will give the gem deal. So I'm worried about that. But again, this book, because Shang-Chi's playing off so kind of dumb, he's like naive, whatever it is. Every time you do a move like this, is this something planned out? Is this like the idea of, well, I'm going to give you Brother Saber because then I want to see who complains or who ends up doing. And it's part of this, you know, puzzle. But I need to see that. I need to see more because I keep thinking there's a puzzle, but we're never seeing the puzzle. So I need to see something where Shang-Chi might be like you go into an issue and he's talking to Spider-Man or Captain America on the comm and saying, yeah, okay, well, that's part of the plan, whatever. Oh, okay, I see what he's doing. But he's doing that weird deal where it, it plays off. The comic book version of this is usually the hero that pretends he's the underworld thug to get and then but he's the hero and the you know, that sort of deal. But with a whole society and trying to make it good. But I need more of a grip. It would be interesting if he was like showing a different face to this side and that side. He's just he's just very naive. He just never comes out and say, like a lot of these heroes that come down, he should go and tell them, listen, back off a little because this is my plan. I'm bringing back the five weapon society. Yes, but it's not a bad thing. I'm trying to figure out who's good, who's bad. We're going to end up figuring this all out. I think by the end, he just quits. I think he's just like, because this isn't what he wants anyway. I think that he realizes at the end, you know what, tradition and all that, you can't really mess with. Screw it. They're done. Off I go. Have you you seen the Shang-Chi movie? I have not. It's interesting that it uses some of the same themes. I'm planning on watching it tonight, actually. Eric actually sent me a message. He loved it. He thought it was great. So with all of that, yeah, I, I do end up continuing like this. I'm going to go between you, as I said, an 8 out of 10. But, Clay, tell us uh, where we can find you. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter, at uh, FanboyClay. Uh, in the bio is my link tree, where you can find all the shows that I host, that including DC Alliance, Batman News Weekly, uh, the Comic Book Legion podcast, of course, this podcast, um, sometimes on the Weird Science DZ and Manga, as well as the Ranger Alliance and the newly added Star Wars Alliance. A ton of things. And you can find me in my basement tutoring math and science over Zoom. That's where <laughs> so I'll be. Over Zoom. Also, maybe in the woods looking at birds, as what I have heard. The bird watching Once in a while. Oh, yeah. Once in a while, yes. Probably not as much as you want to be. But with that, you'll find me in my basement doing nothing. That's it. And and getting yelled at by my kids, who uh, I hear them upstairs now yelling that they want their lunch. Uh, but, they, you know, they can't use appliances, it seems. But with all of that, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And with that, go over to our Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a ton of shows, including our weekly spotlight, which this week was Moon Knight and Kazar nonsense. But with that, thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you later.